0: Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome to my podcast, Minority Youth on the Italian Small Screen. Hi, everyone. I hope that everything is going well. Let's do a recap of what we discussed last week. We talked about the white savior complex and its presence within the narratives of these programs. The impact of the white savior complex plays a large role within the plot lines, which is helpful to us as audience members, as it offers a new scope of interpretation. This is kind of connected to what we are going to be speaking about this week. I want to do an analysis of the plot line of these TV shows. Let's be honest, sometimes if I had to place any actor in some of these roles, the story probably wouldn't have changed at all. And by that, I mean, if I had placed a white woman into the role, would the plot line have changed at all? Would it have meant something different? And something to address is that when we're thinking about these shows, what do the writers actually want us to understand about these characters? Does the minority status even have an impact on their character development or to the plot line of the show? To me, sometimes these shows try to normalize the differences that we see within the minority characters rather than highlighting the differences slash intersectionalities that might impact the character. This, unfortunately, is a common occurrence with minority characters and the way they exist in media. Take, for example, this quote that addresses it. We're gonna hear from one of my friends now. Albeit small in number, these reports reveal the so-called second generation to the television audience for the first time. This visibility makes it possible for them to be present in the public sphere and to reclaim rights and recognition. The majority of the reports regard the biography of their protagonists. Their private story is used to legitimize their requests and present them as similar to the toxinous youth of their age. The interviewees, young people with a migrant background, speak Italian fluently, attend the same schools, and support the same national soccer team as young people with Italian backgrounds. These similarities help to present the difficulties they face every day. Because of the juridical of non-Italians as absurd, the de facto participation and integration of the second generation is in contrast with their impossibilities of becoming de jure, by right, citizens. The quote that we just heard came from an article called, Can Youth with a Migrant Background Speak? Representation, Citizenship, and Voice in Italian TV and Press Journalism. This quote is describing a way that media often tries to depict these minorities. This method that is used is like a version of assimilation, but making these minorities seem regular, like Italian youths, or as the authors say it, autochronous. You might think this is, like, a great idea. Janice, we're all human beings, so let's highlight our similarities. This is a great idea if we're talking about ice cream flavors. Like, let's all be honest, some of them don't taste that different. But not about our identities. I will refer to the idea of relating or trying to make minorities analogous to to youth as normalization. Is normalization even bad? Let's take a look at another quote from our same article. What is lacking in these representations is the multiplicity of beings and belongings of young people with migrant backgrounds. By associating them with the toxinous youngsters, television news validates their fight for civil rights, but the simplification typical of TV journalism might probably used to construct a positive image the group tends to construct ideal stories to which all are implicitly invited to conform, without challenging the supposedly fixed and homogenous Italian. Young people with migrant backgrounds assume the right to speak and to be visible, only conforming to the images constructed by the media. This is particularly true of the girls, who are often presented as ambitious, disciplined, good students. Indeed, as said before, they are constructed as new, ideally blended citizens, without challenging national and cultural homogeneity. Thank you to my kind friends for helping me record these quotes. Love you people. This quote discusses the pitfalls of the idea of normalization. The key idea slash core message here is that these minority youth only have a right to representation when they're able to conform to the images by the media. I also think the word normal should only exist in the studies of mathematics when we're talking about a bell curve, because there is no way that anything or anyone can be described as normal because what is the standard for normal, am I right? So to set these expectations on these marginalised A thought for consideration here is the pitfalls of not addressing race in these situations. As a Black audience member, it nullifies the layer of persecution that is obvious. This show fails to recognize her intersectionality and tries to make it seem like her race doesn't matter. Yet, history shows us that race plays a significant role for Black people. The Black Lives Matter movement in Italy highlights the racial issues in the country. Take for example in 2018 when there was a rampage by Luca Trani who targeted and shot 6 black people. So for Luna Nera to simply brush over race is careless because the intersectionality of the character cannot simply be ignored because it doesn't suit the plot line. Luna Nera to me overall delivers a weak performance in the representation the lack of awareness that is displayed in the writing of the show and the way they dealt with Antonia's race or the lack thereof is honestly pretty infuriating. Let's talk about Scan Italia. There are a lot of characters here, but we will be mainly focusing on Sana, as we've done in previous episodes. Let's recap on Scam Italia. It's a program that follows high school students and the different challenges that they face. The show is unique in the fact that it takes on a new main protagonist every season. And as we heard before from Luca Bada, who was able to give us some insight into the way he sees the show. So although we are introduced to Sana in the first season, her character arc develops incredibly during season four. A little background on Sana. She is a Muslim hijabi who's half Italian and Tunisian. I might also add that her family is pretty well off. Sana is a very sassy, spunky, and witty personality like any teenager would be. I'll be talking about Sana and her presence primarily in seasons one and four. When we are first introduced to her character, she seems quite muted, especially in her fashion. Most of her outfits in the first season were all black. This made her seem very demure and a tad bit cold, but in actuality, she has a very strong personality that guides the group often. Sana acts like any other teenager seemingly in the beginning of the season in her movement, whether it be going to parties, sleepovers, or talking about boys. Yeah, her religion is mentioned quite often and even at first her own friends previously bullied her. Italia, though it tries to normalize the identity of Sana into this teenage friend group, basically trying to paint her the same. It is in season 4 where she has a fallout with the group because they ignore her religious identity. We get to see a more personal interaction between Sana and different individuals, which informs her religious practices. The series makes a point about emphasizing the personal choices Sana makes to respect her religion. I especially like the fact that they let the audience know that it was her choice to wear the hijab. The hijab often seems like a choice forced on women, as depicted by the media even though it's a personal preference. Scamitalia is different in the sense that Sana's minority identity is integral. Scamitalia, unlike Luna Nera, opens the door to deal with some of the issues that are related to the identities that Sana holds. I think them shedding a light on the bullying and having her incorporated into a group that is still pretty standoffish about her identity displays the discomfort that we often see with people who are in minority positions. The next show we're going to be looking at is Summertime. Remember, Summertime is about Summer, who is the main protagonist, alongside her friends and the way they bide their time during the summer. Yes, I just said the word Summer three times in one sentence. This is not a fault of myself. This is the title of the show and of the main character. Summer is used too much. Please bear with me as I go through this. Summer, her sister, and her father are the only non-white characters that we see in this show. Summer's mother is a white woman, and we don't really see a relationship between Summer and her father the first season until we have more interactions in the second season. I think it is particularly important to look at the way they present the father in the first season because they use the absentee black father trope, and they create this kind of invisible animosity towards him. This matters because it feeds into the point of how race is never directly pointed to in the series. They use tropes to characterize the minority persons in this program. It's important to recognize this because their use of tropes is the only context that we get to how the people are interpreting race within this TV show. For example, with Summer, we see the use of the strong black woman trope and the parentification of her. For those of you who don't know, parentification is basically when a child has to grow up and actually become a parent because their parents are absent. This becomes very apparent when Summer takes it upon herself to quit her preferred summer job that was benefiting her goals because she needed or wanted to help her mother to pursue her dreams. This provides some tropes that give into the things related to her race, but overall, the series lacks tremendously in the way it deals with race. I also want to add that the representation of Summer's family with a white mother and a black father with two biracial children is irrelevant to the plot line of the story. Okay, stick with me on this. We talked about the representation of a couple of episodes ago about how the bodies of minorities are often treated. But I also think about the way representation can also be performative. And this is case in point. There is legitimately no reason as to why Summer needs to be black. That sounds harsh, I know. But if I'm completely being honest, three lines of the whole series would change and that is it so seriously does summer need to even be black keep asking yourself that question you'll realize that the answer is no blackness in the context of this show means absolutely nothing and I really mean that because the way that they deal with race is pathetic and they wasted their time by simply putting a black character Again, I come to this point of normalization. Like, it isn't what the show needs, so let's boss up and actually deal with her Blackness. Now that we have passed some of the disappointing representations, in my opinion, but not Scamitalia, I kind of layered something good in there, so, you know, we didn't have to hear me rant about two bad shows in a row. Let's look at the final two shows. We Are Who We Are is a show about Fraser and Caitlin two youths who live in an American army base in Italy. The show primarily focuses on the friendship of Fraser and Caitlin. I feel as though We Are Who We Are takes on the issues more head-on than other shows that were previously mentioned, despite my reservations about this show. I think something I personally appreciated was the forwardness when it came to the issues surrounding queerness and gender expression. Specifically, what struck me was the way they were direct about some of the education about the queer community. We have a scene where Fraser is introducing gender expression to Caitlyn. This was a no bullshit scene. It was clear what they wanted us to know, what it means for someone to have a different gender expression. Overall, there is more clarity in the way minority representation matters here. We don't have to second guess whether the show is addressing it or not, but rather it's in our face, for us as an audience to deal with it in our own way. The removal of Caitlyn would change the whole entire show completely. I might also add that although the show doesn't directly deal with race, we have a scene where Caitlyn's father identifies the racial difference between them and Fraser's family. Remember that Caitlyn is Black and Fraser is white. I am paraphrasing, but he says that the world is different for people who look like them. The show doesn't directly give us a space to process the interdependence of Caitlyn's race and queerness. Last but not least, Zero, a show about a group of Afro-Italian teens that are trying to save their neighborhood from gentrification. This show is very in-your-face about the issues, and let's just say the show wouldn't exist if the representation didn't matter. I think the minority representation here is what honestly makes the show. The show is able to fairly depict some of the issues that Afro-Italians go through, whilst also putting it in conversation with gender and immigration issues. Just looking at the main protagonist's life, Omar, we are able to understand a glimmer of the experience of the seconde generazione. A great example of this is his pursuit. He wants to move to Northern Europe in order to pursue his dreams. This informs some of the information that we learned about the lack of opportunities that Italian youth have. In general, the show makes the role of minorities mean something to the plot, as well as making it more relatable to the experiences of the secondi generazioni. I have looked at these shows with some specific scenes in mind, but what does this all mean for the renewal of these shows? I have been insinuating this during the whole entire series of this podcast, but many shows don't highlight the experiences of marginalized communities. So that got me thinking. What are the renewal rates of this show? So, out of the shows we have discussed, only two of them have been renewed respectfully. You're probably like, What? Janice, these shows were so good. How could they? Well, the shows that have been renewed are Summertime and Scam Italia. Summertime for a third season and Scam Italia for a fifth season. Luna Nera never had a confirmed cancellation. But the show was made two years ago. You know Baby Girl is not going to get a renewal. Zeto and We Are Who We Are were both canceled after their first season. And what do these two shows have in common? Can you guess? These shows are quite in your face about the marginalization of these minority persons. This is very unique, obviously, given the discussion we have just had. Yes, they are provocative in their delivery about the content of minority issues. Like, We Are Who We Are does not sugarcoat anything and was able to deliver the issues with a special focus on how it deals with gender expression and sexuality. I will say that we cannot speculate too much because the shows were made by two different production companies. And HBO is an American company, which also changes the conversation because they might be approaching the show from an American perspective, which is widely different from Italian media. With that said, I want to expand a little bit more on Zeto and its cancellation and how it might be tied to the idea of cultural proximity. Zeto legit had a whole entire Black cast. Listen, I know it was not all Black, but it sounds better that way. Let's just go with it, okay? There's no subtle way to ignore the issues that these Black youth have to deal with in Italy. The audience is forced to interact with these issues because it's not done outside the frame and it's just spoken about in words with the characters, but rather we have to look at how these black youth are treated by white adults and the pressures to keep up appearances to just seem non-threatening. Going back to the idea of cultural proximity, an idea we discussed earlier, Sadio depicts a very different Italy than how the society is typically portrayed. What I mean by that is, People often see the reflection of their reality in these shows at times. And let's remember that Italy is predominantly white. So, having a bit of TV shows with minorities may not necessarily reflect the majority. So, when presenting a show like Zero, it makes it difficult because you need to know your audience. So, it becomes a little hard to balance representation and what the viewership actually wants to see. Zero might simply have failed because people didn't find the plot line to be fascinating yet on the flip side these marginalized communities do exist and maybe rather than accepting the new reality and vision of their society in the media or otherwise maybe this new idea and the new vision of italy is much too soon for the majority i hope that leaves you with some questions for the upcoming week i've hoped you enjoyed all my episodes thus far And I'm sad I'll be leaving you soon, but tune in next week for the final episodes of Minority Youth on the Italian Small Screen.